0: Microgreens for growers and consumers. I'm your host, Lisa Welsh, with Vitality Farms Company. Today, we're going to talk about is it really possible to make a lot of money while growing microgreens? Well, yes, it is. But it is possible to make a lot of money while doing almost anything. So keep that in mind as we talk about a few things today. This podcast post, um, I do not sell a course. I wish to sell a course at some point um, for growing microgreens, a complete course that I think would be substantial. I've seen several courses, and I think they're lacking in certain areas. Um, But nonetheless, I don't have time to do that because I'm busy running a farm. So when I sell um, products like that where I maybe give information on how I make specific products, I basically have to hire someone to outsource the majority of the work to, and then I charge a cost based on how much I had to pay someone so that I can recoup my money there. Um, and usually, after I make my money back, I reduce the cost. Like I have um, right now on my website, I have cheat sheets. You want to grow microgreens? Even ones I don't grow? Well, I've done research. I made them all the same. The format is the same. They look the same. They speak the same lingo. And they tell you these ones need to be covered, these ones need to be stacked. These ones need soil to grow. These ones need these rates and blah, blah, blah. Now, again, I also put a disclaimer. In different environments, things will be different. So I can't promise it's going to work for everybody. But based on my research and what everyone's told me, it's doing pretty well, actually. But when I do stuff like that, I have to hire someone to do all that uh, technical side and take my information maybe while i'm actively working and doing other things and get it down because i'm busy doing all the other things for the farm because you can make good money doing farming but it is a job it does require work you get you get out what you put in um so again when i do things like that on my website like all my cheat sheets i think they're $20 right now that's because i'm trying to pay the employee I had to hire to put it all together, to organize it. And if changes need to be made, they'll take care of all that too. So there's a reason and a method for why I do the things I do. But I think the big thing is, is that a lot of people are trying to sell courses about how to grow microgreens. Um, And I don't think they really care if you grow them or not. I think they do it, um, one, maybe just to help, educate and again i don't really know anybody's motives so it's probably wrong to say but i feel some of the areas they're lacking in are the consistency areas well where microgreens as a product alone does need some additional refining because it's just not consistent you know somebody grows something here somebody grows something else and in a lot of the groups i follow um a lot of people are microgreen growers, and they have a business and everything. And their post is, I got my business license, I bought all my stuff, and I'm ready to grow. But I don't know how. Dude, before you spent, like, even if you only spent $1,000 on the startup, and you can start this business for under 1000 you need to take your time and figure out how to grow them. Before you buy anything else, I personally recommend if you want to get into this business, cool, great, take the whatever 6 or $9 investment it takes, buy a grow kit. I sell them on my website. Just buy one, grow it, and see if you like it first. Before you spend money thinking you're going to make a lot of money doing a business because it's simple. Well, the process itself is fairly straightforward and it can be learned. You have to be willing to put effort into a business. You know, you're building a brand, you're building a name, you're building a reputation. People are gonna buy microgreens from you because they trust what you're selling them. When you talk to them at the farmers market, they're gonna buy from you if you seem knowledgeable about your product. You want to get that knowledge. Um, the other thing I found was, for example, was describing what they taste like. There are some microgreens to me, y'all, they taste horrible. I mean horrible, and I know you guys remember we were doing um, a podcast a week about each individual microgreen. Until you guys indicated that, well, maybe I could best serve a different way, so we stopped that, and now we talk more general. But, um, like there are some microgreens, man, they taste horrible. Just horrible. But there are some that have, like, really surprising flavors. And there are some microgreens that I wish to create that I have not created yet. But that's a whole nother thing. So what I did was I came up with a crop flavor profile sheet. And you know what I did? I didn't just define the 20-some crops I grow. I defined every crop of microgreen, and I put them all together, described each of their flavors similarly, so therefore, I have one master sheet that has every microgreen that I could possibly grow today or any other day, and they're already done. And I sell that I think for two um, dollars. Of course, my customers get my specific crop flavor profile for free. Um, but if they want a list of all of them, two bucks, dude. If you want it, then you can use it for your own business. If not, it ain't no sweat off of my back. But my goal is to not necessarily. Anyone can grow them. They're not hard. But if you ask a chef why they switch from one microgreen farmer to another, they're going to tell you it's lack of consistency. You need to take time. You need to hone your craft. You need to be an expert at it. You can't walk into a chef and you can't expect them to give you a standing order of a $1,000 a week if um, one week you can grow beets and the next week you can't. You have to be consistent. And you also have to account for the fact that when you are growing to chef level, uh, to restaurant level, you need to grow for failure. So you need to grow extra trays in case some of them don't look right. So then you have to add that additional caution there, which isn't part of your you know, your strict numbers. It's part of your overhead. So absolutely, it's very possible to make great money growing microgreens. And I apologize, y'all. Um, this is probably the 17th time I've tried to record this episode All the other times, I would go off into little tangents. I'm trying not to. Um, I just want you guys to know that it takes a lot of hard work uh, to grow any business. So if you think you want to get into the microgreens business, great. If you want to buy a course, cool. Hey, hopefully I'll have one up and available you can buy for me. But for right now, please, just go buy yourself a grow kit. If you can grow it, great. And if you want a challenge, send me an email and let me know that you are growing microgreens and you want to start your own business. And maybe I'll send you some of the tough microgreens that there are to grow. Some of the ones that even a lot of the growers won't grow. Um, And you try your hand at that because there's nothing worse than spending a few hundred dollars on some seed for a crop you can't grow. And that does happen. I personally, mm -mm, I don't sell cilantro. You know why I don't sell cilantro? Because I have not figured out how to grow it consistently. It does not grow consistently in my home. I follow every direction. I do everything right. Nothing. Now, sometimes it can be your seed. I have not considered, I have not bought additional seed, which I'm going to do next. Because when I first started growing, I couldn't grow sunflower. I can grow sunflower without any problem today. I have no worries, no hesitation about sunflower. But for some reason, I bought some cilantro seed and I've had no success. And it's hard to go to the seed um, dealer and say, well, it's your seed because I've never grown it outside of their seed. So it could be something I'm doing wrong with the process, specifically because cilantro requires uh, a little more humidity than a lot of the other crops. But I'm going to continue to learn. Another thing is being a seed dealer. I just became a seed dealer so that I can sell seeds and crops to anybody who anyone who needs it. But I did that because it's going to allow me to be in a position where I can learn how additional additional crops can be made. Some of the coolest microgreens, I think, and some of the coolest things you can do is be value added, right? So if you grow microgreens in, I don't know, let's just say... Um, Uh, Dallas, Texas, that's great. There's probably about 50 other people in Dallas, Texas who grow microgreens. What's going to set you apart? What's going to make you different? Either you're going to know your products very well and it's going to be you who sells your business, not your business, or you're going to always be ahead of the curve. And by that, I mean, I think that's where I usually fit in. I do know my products well. um, But, I try to stay ahead of the curve. I try to look at things and say, you know what? This is something that no one else is doing. I'm going to do it first. I'm going to get there. And even if I have a product fail or a misstep, I don't see it that way. Because when I get them right, knocks it out of the park. So like right now, um, I do microgreen salts. And man, I can't keep them on the shelf. As a matter of fact, up until now, I have I don't grow for my salts. I basically... When I have microgreens left, at the end of the week, I give out samples or whatnot. But then sometimes I have some more left. So I tried this uh, special process of dehydration that doesn't lose nutritional content. I did all the research, right? Months. Finally, I come up with this product. It's a salt. I like a salt because everybody puts salt on everything. At least in my house, we do. So I have a salt. Sprinkle it on. But you're also getting your vegetables and your nutrition on top of your salt so it's a win but sometimes I sell more salts than anything else sometimes I don't even sell any alive microgreens I sell grow kits sometimes I'll have a run on those so you have to be able to see what is happening and you want to come up with something that maybe somebody else hasn't yet like for Mother's Day we developed uh, teacups so you take a teacup has a saucer and a cup throw um, some soil in it, plant your microgreens, put it on the windowsill. Okay, the top, the the bottom saucer covers your microgreens for the first few days while it's supposed to be covered. You uncover it, put it on the bottom, water your microgreens, bam, within a week you have a bunch of vegetables and a really cool cup. And it was something that not a lot of people that not a lot of people were doing. So it allowed our business. To capture markets and give people an opportunity to send a more unique gift out for the holiday. And trust me, we got a lot more ideals of different things that we're going to do. And we're, we plan to launch them successfully. So you can make a lot of money growing microgreens. There is a low cost of entry. That is why everyone's trying to get into the market. And when I say everyone, I mean a lot of people. Like it, The number of people trying to get into the groups of growers has gone up exponentially since COVID, which is awesome. At the same time, a lot of people don't really... They're not not—they're not going to stay in the market. There's no other way to put it, which is good and bad. It, I'd prefer people to get into it very consistently. Um, I actually wish there was a bigger barrier to entry because it would mean that less people would just hop in willy-nilly and start businesses. Anyhow... Again, I think I recorded this episode like 17 times. I probably left out some things. Hopefully, I didn't add in a whole bunch of gibberish. I do that sometimes. But it is a profitable business. There are couples up in Canada. There's a couple making $10,000 a month on this. My goal was just to pay my mortgage. So I had my husband build me just that many shelves because I knew at that number, one, that number would allow my business to grow. I'd be able to manage it just myself. So I'd have no extra overhead. I knew what my cost would be. So I picked a, a sweet spot. Um, I guess, you know, most people call it their break even. You know, when they want to break even. This is not my break even. This is where like, I want it to be. Like at that level, the microgreen business, as far as I'm concerned, could just stay consistently there. I'd be happy with it. I don't necessarily want to go for world domination and want to have a a huge uh, farm and all that good stuff. My passions um, fall in education and consistency. So to me, if I can produce enough revenue off of my business to do that, then I can take my other time and use it to maybe make my brand stronger or to increase uh, overall consumer knowledge about microgreens and to truly change the way the world eats vegetables. Because y'all, we do not need to keep shipping our produce across the country. We can handle this. So, hopefully you guys get my point. And I like talking to you guys. Sometimes I wish y'all would talk back. Because it gets lonely. We've been locked in, in COVID for, I don't know, it feels like eons. I have a teenager who just turned 18, which is awesome. But... Mm, he's not always fun to talk to. I got a husband who is a hard-working guy who's always busy. And sometimes he thinks I should... like. Actually, he doesn't. Sometimes I want to help him outside as opposed to work on my business. And I really need to work on the business because it's our business and he does several things for it. But since a lot of my stuff is the marketing and the social sides or it's the... Stuff people don't see. It's behind the seed scenes. It's the website development. It's the getting a seed distributor license. It's putting all the seeds we can sell on, on our website. All that stuff is not uh, fun. But because I do all that, sometimes I get swept away. So businesses still require a lot of time. Eventually, I hope to have a course um, far more in-depth than all the courses I've seen so far. Um, but hey, if you want to get into it, get into it. If you want to try a hard seed, reach out to me at info at vitalityfarmscompany.com. Oh, and if you're interested in any of the cool products that we do do, the salts and some of the courses that we're making specific, um, I outsource that work to someone else because I am busy taking care of, uh, my business. And because I'm not sure of the success, I'd rather just take a financial investment and see if it works but we are developing basically different products that other people don't have to market yet or are working on or there's been some small success and we're basically doing all the research all the information about why it's successful what you need to know all that stuff putting it in a packet and selling it to you guys but I pay someone to do all that so you pay for that information because I paid for her to do all the work so that's why there's a charge but we do have the cheat sheets there for sale and we will have the salt creations for sale so you can basically learn about dehydrating micros what the complexities are involved in that and how it works and you know we just keep going this information you guys is always out there for free you can do your own research but you know what I have found When you Google a bunch of things and you uh, read, I don't know, you say you take two or three sources. Or some people just read one, which is so stupid. Get three sources. When you Google something, you're going to get three answers. So how do you know who's right? How do you know what research is sound, right? My goal is to be um, the right information. So I put a lot more, well, I feel I don't know what anybody else does. I feel I put a lot of effort into verifying all the information I have. I'm working to get a grant uh, right now because a lot of people who must get grants for microgreens, actually, I don't know. I don't i don't know what they produce as far as results, but I'm not finding the studies that, sup- that I want to see out there in the world. So I've even thought about maybe getting a grant and figuring out how that works to figure out how I can get the information that is available for all vegetables to be available for microgreens in a way that the consumers are used to seeing, in a way that makes it acceptable to them. So if you guys have any specific questions, shoot them to me. Is this a good industry to get into? Absolutely. Is it a lot more work than I thought? Oh my gosh, yes. And you can be a success based on how much effort you put into it. And if you just want to grow at home, you are who I want. You are my my heroes. I want everyone to grow at home for their own consumption. And since I am now a seed dealer, if you need seeds, you can find it on my website once I get it all up. Which I don't know, hopefully in the next few days. Um, but we do sell seeds, or you can reach out. Let me know what you're looking for, and I can get them to you. You guys have a great day. I'm going to end this podcast because... For some reason, today's episode has been particularly tough for my simple mind. You guys have a great day. Talk to you next week. Bye.